Written late in Paul's life in the early 60s CE, this is Paul's most loving and moving and friendship-filled letter of the Second Testament. Perhaps it's Paul's fond farewell, as he finds himself again imprisoned, locked, shackled up in chains for the cause of Christ. Paul, unfortunately, just can't shut up. Even when the imperial guards are sick of him, he keeps on talking and talking and beaking off about this encounter with this living Jesus. This Jesus who lit- this, this Jesus who literally knocked Paul on his rump, off his horse, turned his world upside down. Or as Paul would say, turned his world right side up. He writes, for God is my witness and God has filled me with compassion and love that overflows. The one who began a good work in me will complete it. It's not up to me. God will complete it by the day of Jesus Christ. And so he pens this note to his favorite church, one that maybe surprisingly, and especially in the first century, is led by a woman, Lydia. She, um, you can read more about her church planting ways in Acts chapter 16. She's a gifted woman, truly a first century influencer, preaching, teaching, maturing the saints in this Roman ruled city of Philippi. And there's lots of rules and tools that the empire can use and exert against you. And of course, they sought to oppress this ragtag group of Christ followers in Philippi. And so this church needed all the encouragement and affirmation they could get. And so Paul writes and he commends and he pours out words of love and joy to Lydia's church. He begins with gratitude and assurance. He's grateful for this church that has encouraged him over the months and probably even years. They've supported him financially. They've provided things that prisoners need, like food and clothing and pens and paper. He's needed moral and emotional support. And so over the past months, they've sent him Timothy. And most recently, they've sent him Epaphroditus. He's needed partners in ministry. He's needed encouragement. We all need that too, right? A shoulder to cry on maybe a tender voice or a listening ear. He writes, I thank God every time I remember you, praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, for you share with me. And he assures the church that he's okay. He's imprisoned, but he's okay because their care and their compassion and their resources sustain him. As God is my witness, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus, this will turn out for my deliverance. Deliverance? Does Paul have an upcoming release hearing? Maybe. He goes on to say that whether it's freedom or captivity in his future, both are awesome. He writes that famous line, for to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. You've probably seen that verse on Christian bumper stickers or fridge magnets. And it's good to remember the context. Paul is writing from prison. 
And so we hold in tension this prison place that he is, but also him talking about freedom, hope, and joy that spills out. Living is Christ and dying is gain. For you and I, alive in this moment, alive this day, Paul promises us fruitful labor. Fruitful labor for Paul probably um, mixed with what he wrote in the Galatians letter, the fruit of the Spirit. Fruitful labor meant love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. But in that simple phrase, we see that Paul also embraces his mortality. If things don't end well, then he assures his friends again, I am going to be all right. To be with Christ beyond this life is better. But to remain and continue with you will allow me to be with you in your progress. And I will share in the joy in faith and the abundance of your boasting. Not boasting in yourselves, but in the boasting of this spilling out life of Christ that they can pour out to each other in Philippi and even to their oppressors and enemies in the city. So I urge you to maybe take stock of your life today. How might you reacquaint yourself with this promise of Paul's? For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. We're going to use that in our uh, Zoom coffee hour today as our reflection question in the first part of our time together. What does it look like to you? Or how is that playing itself out? Or maybe what new revelation have you had about Paul's promise in these days? For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Paul moves from gratitude and assurance and then he moves to community exhortation like he does so often in his letters. Uh, in the past couple of weeks with Romans, we, we saw that in the first 11 chapters, Paul wrote about the mercies of Jesus. And then at that turning point in chapter 12, he said, so then this is how we shall live. So he does that same movement in Philippians. In the light of peace and grace poured out upon this church, how shall we live? Paul writes, live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel. So whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel. This is Philippians gold, people. These phrases, you can build a church on this stuff. Whether Paul lives to see it or not, this is one of his final pleas with this church. And as we go on with this letter in the next few weeks, we'll hear of the forces and the feuds and the foes that are trying to pull this all apart, demoralizing, dismantling. And yet Paul says, keep on living your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And how does that look for us? How did that look for this early church to live out its joy in faith? What were the Philippians' neighbors hearing about this community of faith? 
And maybe for us, what are our neighbors hearing about us as a community of faith, as we live out lives that are worthy of the gospel? Maybe even you YouTube listeners and hearers today, what are you hearing about First Baptist Church Edmonton? Is the gospel of Christ being lived out? If so, Paul writes about what it looks like. Standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side, with one mind, in no way intimidated by our opponents. Now remember, this first century church in Philippi wasn't, it wasn't like uniformity, everyone following and uh, speaking what the leader was saying like robots. This church would have been radically diverse. A group of people who came from different socioeconomic statuses, political affiliations, religious backgrounds, upbringing, gender, class, ethnic origin. They would have been a hodgepodge of people. But they were drawn together and held together by this living Christ, who, though they were many, is making them one. This living Christ, who by the presence of the Spirit spurs them on to acts of radical welcome, radical hospitality, radical reconciliation. Because in Christ there is no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, nor man and woman. All are one in Christ Jesus. So if the Spirit can do it for this first century church, surely the Spirit will continue to do that for 21st century churches like us, for the new people of God, as we live the way of the resurrected one, standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side, of one mind, and in no way being intimidated by our opponents. First Baptist Edmonton, just as I was saying earlier, is in its 127th year of ministry here in the city. And so I, I figure maybe we didn't have annual general meetings of the first couple of those years. So we've been having annual general meetings for 125 years in Edmonton. And so we just had one this past week, and we looked around the room. And some of us were in the Zoom room, and we looked around the room. And we could tell that we were a diverse group of people. And maybe even if you look around the room today, and I want you to do that, look at those who strive side by side with you for the cause of Christ in these days. They might not think exactly like you. They might not vote like you do. They might not um, support the same social issues or social groups that you do. Different ages and stages of life. In the Zoom room, it was fun to see that we had people from 18 years old to 80 plus in the room. And we did this miraculous thing. We chose to continue as the body of Christ in Edmonton. We celebrated God's mercy. We looked at our annual reports. We uh, gave thanks for God's faithfulness and providence. But then we did, as Baptists are wont to do, we voted on a few things. We voted on the budget. <laughs> we approved the budget. Yay! Uh, it might sound like a boring thing, but 
that to me was us saying as the body of Christ, yes, we will continue striving. We will continue standing firm in one spirit. We will seek the mind of Christ, being of one mind, and we won't be intimidated by our opponents. And in this day and age, it's easy to be intimidated as a church. There's so many things that might make us fearful or worried or anxious. Those practical things like, can we pay the bills? Or is this worth it? Or this message that we're trying to proclaim about a living Christ, does anybody really care about it anymore? But we do believe that God continues to call us, that God continues to invite us to be this people who live lives worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so we'll do that together. We'll do this miraculous work together. And it's not all on our shoulders. I I love that phrase near the end of today's passage where Paul exclaims and proclaims, this is God's doing. This is God's doing. Yes, we do this miraculous work together. Yes, we'll vote and pass motions and try to approve budgets and fulfill budgets, but we do this miraculous work because we believe the spirit of the living God continues to fall upon us, inspire us, motivate us, encourage, love, and fill us to do this work that is God's doing. It's not easy. It's not a life of leisure. Sometimes we feel like Paul, imprisoned, confined, and we'll hear more of those stories in the weeks ahead. But Paul continues to press on even as he is being pressed upon. And when the world presses in on us, we too, along with Paul, hear his words of encouragement and try to push on. This is God's doing. God graciously granting us the privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but suffering for him as well. And so we'll hear of this journey of faith and joy and the spilling out life of Christ in the weeks ahead. But we'll also hear of Paul's suffering. That if we are living these lives worthy of the gospel of Christ, we'll also encounter foes and feuds and forces that will work against us. But we'll need to band together, seeking the mind of Christ being one in spirit and striving side by side. So I hope we can renew our commitment as the people of God. Here on Jasper and 109th Street, scattered hither and yon during this season of pandemic, but seeking to be a people who live lives worthy of the gospel. I'm going to close with another Celtic prayer. This one, speaking and praying about bearing the gospel of life. And I'll include this in news and notes in the coming week. And for those of you who are on the YouTube live stream, you'll see this prayer posted before us. And maybe carry this prayer with us in these days as we're preaching and teaching and trying to live out the letter of Philippians. Please pray with me. Our brother Jesus You set our feet upon the way, and sometimes where you lead we do not like, 
or understand. Bless us with courage where the way is fraught with death, dread, or danger. Bless us with graceful meetings where the way is lonely. Bless us with good companions where the way demands a common cause. Bless us with night vision where we travel in the dark, keen hearing where we have not sight to hear the reassuring sounds of fellow travelers. Bless us with humor. We cannot travel lightly weighed down with gravity. Bless us with humility to learn from those around us. Bless us with decisiveness where we must move with speed. Bless us with lazy moments to stretch and rest and savor. Bless us with love, given and received. And bless us with your presence, even when we know it in your absence. Brother Jesus, our Lord, lead us into exile until we find that on the road is where you are and where you are is going home. Bless us, lead us, love us, bring us home. Bearing the gospel life.